Perko, and this is On, a podcast about cultivating student engagement in higher ed. Instructors are always striving for those magic moments in the classroom when everything is just on. More than ever, we can benefit from sharing the strategies that reach our students and evaluate learning most inclusively and effectively. This podcast features higher ed faculty and course designers using creative approaches to enhance students' learning experiences and turn engagement on. with Dr. Lara Gazarowski today. She's an assistant professor of entrepreneurship at the University of Delaware. Lara joined us at UD in the fall of 2018 and is a former entrepreneur herself. She launched a startup in the music tech industry while she was in college. She has a PhD from Temple University and continues research in the area of entrepreneurial learning and failure, observing participants in accelerator programs. She's also constantly drawing on her own creativity and experiences as she approaches her students' development in her classroom. When I heard about how Lara is engaging her students virtually this semester, I immediately asked her to join us to share. But her approach to getting her students active and creative isn't just happening virtually. She's created extensions of her usual activities for a virtual format that just seem like so much fun for students. I'm hopeful that Lara's creativity will inspire me and everyone else to think beyond the screen. Lara, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Katie. To get us started, can you just tell us what you teach and your general approach to teaching in your courses? Sure. Um, I teach the ENTR slash BUAD 350, which is an intro to entrepreneurship class. Uh, I also teach a um, professional development for innovators class for our majors um, and students of the Delaware Innovation Fellows. And I teach the 355 class, which is a user-centered research methods for entrepreneurs. And so I guess if I had to sum up my general approach to teaching, it would be uh, very hands-on, it would be very experiential, a lot of activities, um, and a lot of peer learning. Can you give us some examples of some of those activities that you would normally do in your classroom that speak to your focus on encouraging their creativity, perhaps some that translated particularly well to a virtual setting? Yeah, so we actually do a, an entire module on creativity, um, so we're definitely doing some smaller practices there but um, so some things we do are like um, brainstorming how many uses you can think of for a pencil uh, which is there's actually far more than you'd think there'd be um, <laughs> things like captioning cartoons um, and when we're in person we usually like improv so we like go sit in a circle and tell stories one word at a time that didn't translate super well online but um, uh, but then even outside of the the segment we do on creativity, I try to make activities in the other modules just as creative. So one thing that we usually do is um, the, the marshmallow challenge, which is students are building a device that launch, launches a marshmallow and we actually measure the distance that it goes. Um, obviously we couldn't do that one either, uh, but one, one that I think uh, did translate well was this uh, kind of thought activity where I asked students, you know, what would you do if you had only $5 uh, and two hours to make as much money as possible? Hmm. That sounds very interesting for like all of us to try just as a creative exercise. <laughs> Some students have made a fair amount of money with that one. Wow. So how do these little creative exercises that you're describing, like brainstorming the ways to use a pencil or planning how to make the most money with $5, how do they fit into 
the structure of your class? Are you like, are these warm up exercises? Like, how are you spending that live time that you're with them? Some of them are warm up. So, uh, one of the things that the biggest goal of my, some of my classes is to try to increase their entrepreneurial mindset. And some of that really is just kind of doing little things to get you out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, obviously captioning cartoons is not going to like make you a giant entrepreneurial venture, but it does kind of, um, irritate your brain to kind of get expand, you know, your mindset and what you're thinking about. But so they, they're kind of, some of them are warmups uh, and then some of them are actually part of um, the modules that we do on like either building a product or brainstorming or, um, you know, being creative, uh, like the, the $5 challenge. Like it's really just about being creative and, and thinking differently. And you have to go through the steps if you brainstorm three things and you pick the first thing you brainstorm, those generally aren't uh, going to be the greatest ideas because everyone's going to be doing them. So everybody always, the first thing that comes to mind is like selling water bottles. And so, you know, you get eight groups that sell water bottles and one that does something really strange and they, it's usually the strange one that ends up making the most money. That's really neat um, that you're, that you're saying like it's the, that eight teams will come up with the same idea and it's relatively basic. Um, I, that speaks to how we think inside the box so frequently. <laughs> yeah. What is something inexpensive that has a large margin? It's a formulaic almost. Mm -hmm. And so um, when they can see another team come up with a wild idea, it's um, really neat. So do they implement that idea? You said it actually ends up making the most money. Are, are they out yeah. on the street selling those water bottles? When we uh, were in person, yes. Um, okay. Now that we've moved online, it's different. Um, uh -huh. So they haven't been implementing, but yeah, they've, they've gone out and done stuff. And uh, some people, like one group went, walked up and down Main Street charging a dollar to have um, people like smash eggs on them, like egg them, um, like all kinds of things. <laughs> You can make a lot of money doing that, I imagine, because all you need is the carton of eggs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that might be a nice release, especially when everyone is feeling so overwhelmed and stressed right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten a little bit of understanding of your typical creative ideas, can you tell us about the wildly creative activity that you did in your classroom that connected us? Yes, um, that activity always kind of, when I say, you know, the phrase, people are like, what? Um, but it's an activity where students build blanket forts. Um, and everyone's always like, say that again, you're building forts. Um, but it really, like, there's a method to it. Um, and it really requires students to apply the first few weeks of content that we've been doing. Um, and it also culminates very nicely into when they're getting into their, their groups for the project. So it also serves as like a team building thing. But um, they have to go through the process of brainstorming ideas, using creativity, because everybody's also making a fort, so it requires them to kind of be different. Um, the, um, it, it requires them to apply the idea of using what they have, the skills they have, and then also like not spending too much time planning to actually just get out there, build, and iterate on the build. Mm -hmm. So how does building blanket forts connect to the topic that you're trying to illustrate for them or that, that they're you're wanting them to learn yeah it connects to a couple different things but i think it um it hits nicely when we start doing the lean startup method um, and so i would say if there was one or two big things to pull out of it it's that students just have to start building and iterating so if they spend too much time planning uh and you know they start taking stock of what they have and they you know just wait until the end and do one build 
in the last few minutes, those usually aren't as great as the ones that started building, building early and testing and keeping in mind. Um, so I tell them that their, their kind of target um, customer segment is, is UD students. So the ones that focused on, on the needs and they start building early tend to do better. Hmm. One thing you're convincing me of today is that uh, I could really use your class just to <laughs> expand the way I think about the work that I do. I think we could probably all use breaking out of our uh, typical thinking infrastructure because we just get in such a, uh, a rut sometimes. And it, it seems like being uh, encouraged to go through these challenges, like if you asked me to build a blanket fort at home, I'd be like, what? what? You know, and every student in your classroom is going to have different equipment. So they're mm -hmm. naturally going to be solving a different problem. So that's mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, so is this the typical assignment that you would use or did you have to adapt it um, to our virtual format this fall? No, I don't typically do blanket forts because in a classroom, we generally don't have the materials for it. Um, but it, uh, I usually at this point do the, the marshmallow launcher uh, because it's something they're all building the same thing of. We have the same basic resources um, that I give them like popsicle sticks and rubber bands and stuff. Um, but we couldn't do that um, over you know virtual learning just because I we all had different things and some students are just in their bedroom. Um, so I had to think of like what is something that everybody might have materials for. And um, I was actually scrolling through Instagram and uh, apparently building blank adult blanket forts is a big pandemic thing. Really? And, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently um, in, the people are either baking sourdough bread or building adult blanket forts. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that's probably something everybody has because I actually see where students are. They're always like in their living room at their parents' house or they're in their bedroom or their dorm room or something. So um, they all had at least some supplies to do that. So is that how you thought of this creative adaptation of your usual marshmallow launcher assignment that you were thinking about like how you see the students mostly in their rooms? Yeah, a little bit of like I wanted to do a similar kind of activity, but it would have to be something where they kind of had the materials at hand. Um, and I, I thought that would be, you know, it was a little bit of an experiment. This was my first time trying it out, so. Sure. I mean, anything like this, I guess, it has some risk to it. Did the students, did the students take to it? Did they enjoy it? Did they learn what you wanted from it? Yeah, I think, I think they did. Um, there are some that are more excited about it than others, obviously, um, but uh, it definitely um, kind of broke them out of their, like, let me just sit through this next hour on Zoom mm -hmm. um, and help them apply some things, um, you know, in terms of what they're learning. Yeah, that's a big problem for us, right? Like if they're on Zoom all day in five classes or three classes, whatever their schedule looks like, you know, when they get to us, they might be Zoom fatigued. They might be um, kind of checked out. It happens to me as a professional, <laughs> professional Zoomer at this point. So I, I think that it's kind of exciting that you can use the space beyond the screen and get them active as well. Um, do you ever have students who hesitate to engage in both in your in-person classroom and in this type of virtual assignment where it's, you know, maybe a little out of the box for them? Do you have students who hesitate to get involved and how do you encourage them to just kind of abandon their fears about getting engaged and just do it? 
Uh, so, of course, I do have students always that are a little bit hesitant to engage. Um, I make them do some weird stuff. And so uh, it's always those students that, like I say, we're going to build blanket forts and you get that deer in headlights look. Um, and virtually, I've come to see that as just the black screen. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, they, I think with some of the students, they're disengaged because they're just Zoom fatigued or they're bored. And this is their eighth hour of just being, you know, on a, on a Zoom call. And so for some of those students, when I say, you know, we're building blanket forts, I see them, you know, in their breakout rooms, putting their webcams on and like laughing and like, you know, it, it kind of does get them to engage just because, they, um, you know, they were, they were bored before, it gets them up and moving. Um, other students, they just kind of don't really want to, you know, I can't force them to have fun um, with it. But uh, so some of the things that I do is um, the very first week or so, and in the syllabus, I tell them that, you know, part, a big part of this class is participating. Uh, I warn them that they're, I'm going to make them get out of their comfort zone. Um, and then by the, I think this was like the fifth week that we did this, uh, I've, I've done so many things, um, made them do so many strange things that they're probably used to it. Um, but it does help to, I think, you know, put, putting them in breakout rooms, working with teams, so they're not just getting out of the box in front of me. Um, and then also, I try to kind of gamify everything, make things co a competition. That does help. Yeah, I'm sure that makes it a lot more exciting. You know, it's it's funny, you can think you don't care about something and then if it's a competition and you get an idea, you're like really into it all of a sudden. <laughs> so uh, I could see I could see that working in your favor, the competitive spirit. So when I initially heard about the blanket forward idea, I my brain immediately went to assessments in your class. <laughs> so what does assessment look like in your course and how do these really fun activities plug into that structure? So um, I think, especially with my intro class that, that we're mostly talking about, it's, um, I like to do some sort of like, obviously they're getting some sort of lecture content, they're doing readings, videos. Um, when we meet, I like it to be about um, taking the content and applying it in a fun way. So they're getting the lesson. And then the third part is to go out and actually apply it in an entrepreneurial sense, not just in a classroom building forts. Um, so um, a few things have changed, obviously, when we switched to online. But one thing that um, has stayed the same is that uh, the big project that they do and the assignments that they do semi-regularly um, have not changed. And it just requires them to apply the content. So I don't care if they can regurgitate the definition of entrepreneurship back to me or you know, definitions of different types of startups. I you know, want to see that they can actually take an idea through the process. So they're actually conducting problem interviews for an idea that they thought of and brainstormed and have done creativity techniques on. Um, you know, and some of the things I'm assessing is, you know, are they conducting problem interviews in a way that allows them to learn something, allows them to be proven wrong. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, can they set up a landing page experiment to test their value proposition? So um, my assessments are mostly uh, application-based. Can you walk through the entrepreneurial process? Yeah, it sounds like a very rigorous structure that you don't think when you hear a blanket for it, but it seems so obvious now hearing you describe it that you know, the, the lean startup idea and, and the, the idea of iterative improvement to your ideas, um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that they would experience it, but then have to apply this idea, you know, experience it in a, maybe a silly format, 
where they're building a blanket for it, but then really have to think about their idea that they're working on throughout the semester and, and apply that same, you know, okay, I saw it in this silly format and now I need to think about how it, how it works in, in the life of my idea. So that, that's really neat. It, it forces them to have a little bit of fun, to feel a little bit wild, which you know an entrepreneurship major or minor needs to feel. You, you, you're taking risks, so you need to experience that. So it does sound like it fits in really beautifully with the things that you're trying to teach them. So you mentioned that you did have to make some changes to your course as you moved online. Can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I changed was um, I used to do kind of group-based tests uh, with more kind of application-based questions. Um, I liked them because I found that they learned a lot from each other. Um, sometimes they learn way more from each other than they do from me. Um, you know, you can actually hear them arguing over like content where they're like, that is entrepreneurship because she's creating social value. Um, and it's really good to hear. Um, sometimes when I say that, it's just not as, it doesn't stick quite as well. Um, and that proved to be a little bit difficult um, online. So I have, I'm not doing like big exams anymore. I'm doing sort of more frequent lower stakes quizzes just to make sure that they are kind of clicking through the content every week and getting the basics before we apply it in a fun way and then before they apply it in an entrepreneurial way. I know what you mean about when they are talking, they are teaching each other. I feel the same way in my business analytics courses. I feel like when I am quiet and they are talking, there is there's so much learning happening that yep. I, I've shifted so much more to group projects in the classroom because I feel like those are the days they learn the most talking to each other. And, mm -hmm. and it just feels like a symphony in the classroom on those days when, when I'm just a, a bystander. Yeah, I agree. As a final question, Laura, I wanted to know, is there anything you've learned from teaching and working with students online that you feel is going to change your outlook as we head back into the classroom in the future? I think that I have learned a lot uh, about students about how they learn and what their learning experience is like. Uh, and I think I never gave it a ton of thought before. Um, I conducted a lot of interviews and surveys um, beyond just the regular end of semester evaluations. Um, I did wanna you know, talk to them about what this has been like for them, what their day is like. And from feedback in the spring, um, I just changed how content was delivered quite a bit. So I distilled every module down to the very basics. Uh, I cut a lot of extraneous um, readings and uh, videos and things. I tried to put up content in very um, different ways. And I filmed a lot of like short digestible videos um, and focused every assignment uh, more on application. If it wasn't on application, I removed it. And so that's something that I want to continue. I, I think if um, there's no reason why when we go back to in-person that I need to just suddenly add more stuff. Uh, if we can spend more time doing application-based stuff, I, um, I would definitely prefer that. I don't want any readings or videos to be repetitive or extraneous or, you know, too long uh, because I find that they're, I think they're learning better this way and they appreciate not being overwhelmed with 10 hours of reading every week. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same things. You know, what was I doing before that was extraneous and why? Why yeah. do we need those things? Yeah. Uh, if it's truly extraneous and I want to peel it out for this particular semester, then 
Why does it ever need to go back? So I, I, I'm learning the same things. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here to share your ideas and your creative practices. Uh, I really appreciate you spending the time with us and wish you and your students a really great semester. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of On, a podcast about cultivating student engagement in higher ed. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show in your podcast app so episodes find you as soon as they're released. If there's interest, I'll keep developing this platform for sharing great engagement ideas. Thanks for listening.